building better teams with Southern Cross Leadership Solutions and host, Garrett Harrell. Welcome for those that are listening or watching and or listening and watching. Right. Hopefully both. It is audio video. Hopefully both. <laughs> Welcome to the second ever yet to be named. Maybe, maybe I kinda I kinda like the hashtag build better teams. It is a catchphrase for my company. Yet to be named, not a podcast, right? So this is not a podcast. It is just a time to talk and learn a little bit. Um, I am your host, Garrett Harrell. I'm the president and principal consultant of Southern Cross Leadership Solutions, where we help companies build and sustain badass teams so they can achieve any mission. My partner in crime today, again, Mr. Jody Fletcher. Happy to be here. Executive coach, happily average surfer, as he would say, and owner-operator of E5 Professional Coaching, Um, where Jody works with executives to help them focus on self-awareness and generally be better leaders for their people, which is awesome um, because a lot of that's needed today. Absolutely. Um, Super excited about our our guest today. This was one that I've been thinking about for quite a while um, because I am a sports fan. I am a sports fan. I'm college football fan, obviously, um, University of Florida graduate, and I do appreciate University of <laughs> Florida baseball. And we are going to have uh, Chris Moore, the assistant coach with the UNCW Seahawks baseball team today. Um, and we'll get to him in a second. Sports. You're yeah. not a sports guy, Jody. I'm not. But, uh, you know, I was going to ask you, I've, I've recently gotten addicted to this show. Mm-hmm. I and I came going. in late. Uh, and I will have to thank my friend and fellow coach, Vanessa Hagerbomber, who turned me on to this. She, you know, I'd seen the show Ted Lasso advertised, and she, she's like, Jody, you've got to watch it. So finally I did, and then I binged it. I don't think I accomplished anything else for like, <laughs> a, you know, several days. And now I'm all caught up. But, uh, you know, not a sports guy, yeah. but what an amazing show about just leadership and being a good human being. Yes. So I myself am a recent fan of Ted Lasso myself. Um, I have a highly addictive personality, so I try not to watch too much television. My wife, so my lovely wife Whitney, has been uh, pestering me for quite a while that I needed to watch a few things. Um, So we finished one, uh, which was The Handmaid's Tale, right? Very interesting show. I did enjoy it. Kind of the opposite of Ted Lasso. Very the opposite of Ted yeah. Lasso. Okay. Then she said, let's watch Ted Lasso. And I was like, wow, that's quite a change up, right? Change up. Get that? <laughs> quite a change up. And um, man, it, like I said, addictive personality, Ted Lasso, which coincidentally the Emmys were the other night. And apparently Ted Lasso uh, cleaned up. Cleaned up. Had had uh, maybe a grand slam. I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna start throwing out analogies <laughs> as best we can. They cleaned up, but apparently they did the first season as well. So I am on episode two. I just finished episode two of season two. Okay. Love Ted Lasso. Um, it is. It is a show about just being a genuinely good human being. Yep. Caring about others and helping them become better, not just at sports but in life. 
And honestly, I think that's something that we strive hard to do with our work on a daily basis, as does our, our guest that we're going to introduce here in a second. Yeah, and you know, one of my favorite moments in that, in one of the episodes, is when he's sitting down with the reporter, and, and he says to him, you know, he reminds him, and he said, let me just tell you this again. I don't care about wins and losses. I'm here to make these players the best people they can be. Yes. And that's all about what we do. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah. And I love how he emphasized it wasn't, he said, I'm going to say this again in case yeah. you thought I was basically blowing smoke up your ass the first time. That's right. right. Is I'm going to say this again because I want you to know that this is the truth. Um, which is amazing. It is a tearjerker at times. I'm, you know, I'm not a oh between not much of a softy, but man, Ted Lasso. I'll cry at commercials, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, same thing, you know. Between yeah. like a couple of tears, goosebumps all the time when he says some stuff, or those moments come out, you know, where just that leadership or the humanity piece of it. I'm like, whoa, you know, good stuff. Yeah, it good is. stuff. It is good stuff. Well, so let's jump into it. So let's uh, introduce our guest today. Um, our guest today is Chris Moore, right? Chris is entering his fifth season, serving as the assistant coach of the UNCW baseball team. He also oversees the program's hitters and assists in the organization's recruiting efforts. Um, he has served on coaching staffs at various levels to include the role of head coach at Lander University, which is in South Carolina, right? Correct. Um, prior to his coaching career, which is, this is super cool, uh, Chris was drafted in the 11th round by the Colorado Rockies in 99 and played four seasons in the Rockies organization. He attended and graduated from Western Carolina, where he was a two-time All-America, four-time All-Southern Conference selection, and named Southern Conference Player of the Year in 1999, setting program records for hits doubles and runs batted in that's that's quite the accolades man it, it sounds awesome that to sounds me. awesome that is very more you know very accomplished i this is awesome fun fact about chris is, is he was also a soccer player where he played soccer to help with footwork in baseball and he is a cancer survivor and that is something that we are very very happy about uh chris welcome so glad you could be here today I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here with you guys and um, just enjoying the camaraderie and talk so far. Yeah, I love it. See, yeah, because we're team guys too. Um, we, we, were team, we were team guys growing up uh, in, in our career. Um, so I have two important questions to ask, the, the first of which is, are you a Kenny Powers fan? Uh, I mean, it's hard to, for somebody to not be a Kenny Powers fan. Um, you know, we joke with our guys a lot of, you know, the mullets are definitely coming back, and especially on the pitching side of things. Uh, we've got we've got a couple guys that, one especially this year, newcomer that we, we definitely call Kenny Powers. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so my, my next question is, is we kind of, we want to approach this. So so how Jody and I sort of work these, these sessions is, is, him being an executive coach, me working with organic teams and companies is we want to be focused on people development, team development, organizational development. And when I think of baseball, I got to be honest, I think about individual contributors. And so I guess my, my question is, and how we can frame the rest of this conversation is, as a former head coach, as an assistant coach, as 
someone who, as, as the hitting coach, right? Right. And as someone who recruits, how do you balance the individual contributor and team dynamics? Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, Coach Hood, our head coach, is phenomenal at staying on top of we, – we talk all the time daily about the little things. Um, there's nothing too small. And so that, that's been a lot of the success of the program. But from an individual standpoint, we talk about, you know, for the better of the team or sacrificing for the team as the individual. You know, honestly, on the opposite side of that, um, you know, you need individuals to be successful to be successful as a team. But just depends on the situation. And, you know, you got to navigate those guys through – when it's best to do it for the team and when we need you to step up as an individual, you know, again, it's for the team, but you know, it, it's a constant battle. And you guys hit on it talking about Ted Lasso. You know, I'm not familiar with it till today, but something I want to watch because, um, you know, just the, the, the areas you hit about better people, um, better players, you know. Unfortunately, in our industry, it's about wins and losses. Um, that, that's how you keep your job. But, you know, we try to – from a personal standpoint, you know, it's about those guys and showing them you care because they're going to perform a lot better when when you're building a relationship and, and wanting to know what they have going on because 18 to 22-year-olds have a lot going on. So, Yeah. yeah and so you, you said the, the little things, right? What do you mean by the little things? It's a running joke for us. You know, it's – and I say it in recruiting because it is what it is, but Coach Hood talks, you know, he makes our guys clean their shoes every day after okay. practice, Ooh. after games, you know. And he and it's a it's a touchy area if you don't or if you're tracking dirt in our locker room or okay. stuff like that. So we get a lot of compliments from moms, especially when they're visiting, how good the locker room smells, how clean it is, and it doesn't smell like a locker room. So um, just you know, nothing's too small. So clean your own shoes. Um, you know, just go about your business the right way. Body language is huge. You know, if it's a positive result or a negative result, you know, be the same guy all the time and don't let don't let your opponent know that anything's affecting you. Yeah, and I think, you know, so I would ask, how do those little things then, and you kind of alluded to it, contribute to the player that you want them to be on the field? Well, it's teaching them responsibility, I think, first and foremost. And, you know, we're big on <clears throat> having them, you know, develop routines. So a routine from a mental standpoint, so as a hitter, you know, we've done it in the past, and we're going we're putting more of an emphasis on it again this year. Um, and actually, our operations guys helping us with it, um, kind of spearhead it. But it goes, it goes with breathing, it goes with body language. It just, you know, it's a constant routine to when you do get sped up or your heart rate gets sped up, you're bringing it back down, and so you're under control. Awesome. So routine is huge, right? Yeah. And that's that's something like in the military, even us, right? Like as, as much as it was something that we we hated to have to do on a daily basis, shaving, right? And even when you go to the field, even when you were on deployment, when you were was we were with certain units, um, we got to the point where we were pseudo cool enough to to be able to grow facial hair. Uh, but it's those routines, though, that keep. And I, I love it, and I go back, and I would, I'm going to ask you this question next because it just dawned on me. But the book, uh, The Endurance, by Alfred Lansing, it's the greatest story that most people have never heard about. Uh, but Ernest Shackleton was an Arctic explorer. And it's, we talked about Murphy previously, right? right. 
everything that could go wrong absolutely did go wrong in the absolute worst environment known to man, right? And one of the things that Shackleton, he will go down as the greater, greatest leader in history uh, that failed. And it was because he brought his people back alive after two years of exclusion from, from society in harsh conditions, but it was through routine. He kept routine. So even when the ship, the Endurance, was cracking in, in the, the ice caps, they still did daily work and stuff. And I think routine is huge. And it's like when you, when you talk about it, it does. It, it definitely. And another book, and you mentioned Cleaning Shoes, but if you've ever read Legacy, and I can't remember who, re- who wrote it, but about the New Zealand All Blacks, okay. they, have a, they have a chapter in there called Sweep the Sheds, which is their locker room. And the importance of the players cleaning the locker room after after each match. Um, yeah, and I just wrote down horse saddle man. You know, I used to. That was a, a mantra whenever we would come back off, you know, missions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Horse saddle man. You take care of the gear, you know, or or the trucks or whatever. Then you take care of the gear, and then you take care of yourself, uh, so that you were ready to go again, right? And and when you said we're talking about cleaning your shoes. An element of that came in for me in taking care of of the little things first uh, before you took care of your swell, of of yourself. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Another thing that we do, um, and you talk about what the book said about cleaning the locker room. So we just go in numerical order. So at the end of the day, you know, your your workout may be earlier in the day, but you have to come back by a certain time of night. So we just go in numerical order, and it's that guy's responsibility on that day to clean the locker room at night. And um, yes, we have housekeeping come in, but we kind of, Coach Hood sets up a list of these things need to be done. You know, it's trash taken out, vacuum, make sure everything's off the floor, that sort of thing. So we're helping housekeeping out so it's not as detailed for them, so. How does that contribute to building team cohesiveness? Well, I mean, they they have to communicate with each other. So let's say a guy has a big exam um, or he has another appointment that night and or has something going on family-wise that he wants to participate in so they can they can trade out and let somebody else pick them up obviously they have to communicate that to the staff so we know what's going on but they've they've done a great job with that now every now and then somebody will miss miss their turn or maybe not do quite as good a job as they're supposed to so they'll they'll catch a little flack for that so communication is really what i'm hearing right (laughs) yeah well i love the idea too though you know you mentioned housekeeping and then you know to the you know, to your team, they're just another part of the team, right? So right. it's like, here we are, we're still, we're in this collective, and we've got, you know, smaller uh, teams within the greater team uh, in order to work together. Yeah, and them getting to know each other as well, you know, like on a, on a deeper level, you know, hey, man, I've got a, I've got a test tonight. Uh, okay, well, let me step up then and help you out. You know, and I'm thinking a duty swap, yeah. right? Like when we're in the <laughs> yeah. military, is really what it is, you know, and, and helping each other out so that they can, you know, just be better in general, whether it's in school or to get home to see their family, uh, but they're helping each other out. Absolutely. So, you know, kind of bringing that individual thing into the team aspect. Right, right. Yeah, we do We do several things. So, you know, COVID threw a kink in it there for a little bit, but we do, and we started it back this year, and hopefully we'll continue it, but we have accountability partners. So younger guy and an older guy, they have to they have to get it. together, learn each other, go out to dinner, whatever they want to do, you know, learn about their families, learn about what they like to do outside of baseball, and then they have to present. Like we'll have a team dinner and we'll pick three to four, maybe five groups of pairs, 
and they just have to present to the group about their partner. So that's awesome. That is awesome. That goes back to, to establishing trust, uh, uncovering vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. Digging deep in, um, accountability. I'm a huge, uh, proponent of accountability, obviously. And I think one of the biggest issues with accountability is people just honestly don't understand it. Right. right? Um, and you know, there's a difference between being responsible for something and being accountable to something and responsibility being task oriented or accountability is results oriented and really having a, a true understanding of that. As someone who recruits, um, players are obviously recruited for their ability to play their position or whether it's a, as a hitter, how well they hit, right? Um, Absolutely. What, what is it that you're looking for beyond those technical strengths though? Yeah, obviously, first and foremost, you have to have skills and tools to play the game. Um, you know, for us, um, you know, we do, I would say we do try to do a little more homework than some programs do because these guys are playing, yes, they're playing for high school, but they're also playing the travel baseball, which, you know, really consists of them showing up on the weekend with guys they really don't know, and they play and play for a coach. And those guys get to know them a little bit, but... Um, the high school coaches around them daily. Um, unfortunately, you know, some people don't put a high priority on the high school and the team aspect. It's more about showcasing their skills. So, you know, we try to call that, that high school coach or maybe even an opposing coach that they've played against and just kind of get a feel for makeup, toughness. Um, unfortunately, in today's day and age, there's not a lot of toughness out there. So it's, it's a big piece for us. That, that's interesting because I would think that, like, I mean, I, I would think growing up in, in in a sport like that, though, still, even though it's it's not physical from the standpoint where it's hockey, lacrosse, football, et cetera, it's still physical, but there, I would think that there would still be, be toughness there, but that's interesting to hear. Yeah. yeah that's something I wasn't expecting. Well, and how do you define toughness? Well, that's a great question. Just being able to handle adversity and, um, you know, like we talked about earlier with our team, you know, carrying themselves the right way. Like, I love to see somebody succeed, but also want to see that same guy fail and how he handles it. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, the society we live in, the, the kids get a lot of the blame, but, you know, I guess it's my opinion. Hopefully I won't get in trouble for it, but the parents are to blame. Um, and so it's a – it's a you definitely have to navigate it to, to see because these kids, they play the travel ball and – okay, I didn't get what I wanted from this team, so next season I'm going to go to a different team, then the next season a different team, and there's there's really no accountability. So whenever you encounter a player like that that you've accepted and they're on the team and, you know, they're, for lack of a better term, maybe having a meltdown or, you know, having kind of a one of those moments where they think they're better than the rest of the team, how do you all reel them back in? I think there's different ways. Um, you know, for us, you know, whether – you know, a lot of there's a lot of talk in the baseball community, old school versus new school. You know, we're a hybrid, I think. If one way more than the other, I'd say maybe a little more old school, because we are going to get on guys, see how they handle it. You know, pick them up. You know, afterwards, um, but just kind of make sure they're buying into the routine stuff, especially from a hitter standpoint. You know, I mentioned the breathing routine and just being aware of what's going on and having having your point of emphasis when you are speeding up it's kind of a light system so you're on green you're on yellow you're on red so um, when they're on yellow they do a certain thing and then if they get to red there's another thing that they do to try to help them get back but 
routines are everywhere. Um, you know, from a hitter standpoint, we have routines that, you know, their preparation, we call it the routine prior to getting on the field or whatever. So in the cage, you know, what are we doing to prepare to be successful on the field? Um, and there's some individuality there. There's not, it's not like you have to do it this way. It's develop your own routine and, and work with that. Because some guys, there's T drills, there's, you know, other drills, we have machines, all kinds of stuff. And um, some guys like certain things and some guys like different things. So, Yeah, yeah. And, and maintaining brilliance in the basics, which is something that we grew up doing. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Do you see the, you know, you mentioned, well, I'm going to call them mentors, right? Like the older players with the younger players coming in. And you mentioned toughness. So if you've got a player who's coming in who's maybe not as tough as you all would define toughness. Right. Do you see those older players who have already been with you for a little while helping them along? Yeah, I, I think we're super excited about the team this year. We lost some elder, you know, elder statesmen that were really right. good. Um, but just the, I guess, maturation process for who we've had in the program for a couple of years and guys that because they got an extra year back are, you know, they're really juniors, but they're sophomores on the field. Those guys just from a coaching standpoint, coaching each other, there's this fall so far, we're not far into team practice, but individuals and workouts and things, watching those guys coach each other has been awesome. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Because that's a big, you yeah. know, when, you, when you've got that going on, you got a special thing. So, yeah. And we're not having to say a ton. We're just kind of keeping the – Was the concept, is that concept of shared leadership, right? And that's one of those uh, defining factors that starts separating – teams that are better performing than others is when you really see people standing up and taking the lead when they when they see a gap or when they know it's their turn and they're the ones that need to stand up but yeah the concept of shared leadership and that's also huge uh toward building resilience right and we talked about that and that you know and we use the word toughness but talking about resilience and not just being able to bounce back but actually like bounce forward um yeah it's awesome yeah, anytime you can get, uh, you know, mentors, like, bringing folks along, I, I think that's when you know you've got a great organization uh, because then people are bought into it. Yeah. You know, and they don't want to see the team fail. They don't want to see the organization fail. And, you know, it's – I don't know. I kind of imagine, and you'll see it if you watch Ted Lasso, right, like these moments where the coaches aren't even there, you know, and it's the players mm -hmm. identifying a problem before it bubbles up and, and gets to the point where you all would see it. I think that's when you know you've got a great culture. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, is when yeah. those players get their arm around the younger players or maybe even peer-to-peer -peer and say, hey, kind of out of line or, or what's going on? Like, let's figure this out. Well, that goes back to that accountability concept, yeah. right? And having the accountability partners, which is a fantastic approach, like in your program, to, to build that in. Um, does that stay Does that stay for, like, the, the, the amount of time that they're in the program? Or is that an initial... Uh, implementation how does that look yeah so it changes year to year so there's you know they're paired up and so one year you know say a freshman's with a junior or a freshman with a senior and so the next year just kind of depends on who they are uh, what year they are and kind of the way the breakdown is of the older guys versus the younger guys and I think part of it too is um, how their progression's been as a young guy so. Is that a volunteer thing, something that, you know, the, the older players will raise their hand and say, hey, I want to do this, or is it something that you all assign? We, we assign it based off, you know, get together and look at the individuals and try to pair them up the best we can, but it's an older guy with a younger guy, and 
So we kind of we assign it at the beginning of the year. Okay. Okay. Have there been failed pairs, and how would you deal with that? Uh, no, I, honestly, not yet. Okay. Uh, we've been doing it a couple of years, and like I said, we had to pause with you know not being able to do stuff outside of when we were allowed to do it, so they couldn't get together outside of our actual workouts. Um, you know, dealing with the the COVID stuff, just from a school standpoint and the rules um, and NCA. So, if you if you've got one hard and fast rule for your players when they come in into the organization, um, one that just it's it won't bend, it won't break. What is that rule? I mean, I think it's just an an effort. Like, be do things the right way. You know, Coach Hood talks about you know be a champion on and off the field, in the classroom, pretty much everything you do, you know, you want to be successful at. So, yeah. um, you know, I give them a hard time sometimes because I'm like, let's quit focusing so hard on academics. Let's focus on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a balance, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is a balance. Um, so looking at having coaches and mentors, right, and they, they kind of form they, – they do similar things but different, right? Like we used to say, same, same, but different. Um who who you know who was a mentor that you had coming up? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I had good coaches coming up all through the ranks. Um, the one that stands out the most is the first coach I had in college. Uh, his name is Keith LeClaire, and really soft-spoken guy. Um, people say I'm soft-spoken, so I kind of in line with that. But um, he um, he just really know how to motivate you. It wasn't raise his voice or do anything. It was just kind of. He just say something to me, and one thing that stuck with me forever, you know, I played shortstop my second year, starting my second year in college, and he would just pull me aside while I'm taking ground balls, just you know, mass fungo is what it's called, and he he just say, "Moore, you gotta you gotta work harder, you gotta get after it every rep, and this that, and the other." And I wasn't the type of guy that was, you know, I had a some, you know, I was blessed with some ability, but I was a guy that had to work hard daily, so it was kind of my thing, and so I'm like, man, this is. Oh crap! This guy's freaking hates me. What does he mean? Why is he on me? <laughs> so it's uh, he's good. And then he, he ended up leaving um, when I was playing summer ball one year to go to East Carolina, and um, just a stud person and human being and coach, and um, ended up passing away with ALS. So that's tough. Yeah, that is tough. What um, what was it about his demeanor? You know, and and so you you said, why is he on me? Mm-hmm. Right. So what did you take from that? He's just holding me accountable. Okay. Uh, just just pushing me along and you know, it helped me as a player to do the same for, for younger guys and um you know, he's creating leaders and at the time you don't really realize it. Um, but he's you know, kinda I compare it to the same thing now where we're trying to like you guys mentioned earlier, it's it's awesome to see our guys coach each other. Um, cause that peer, peer review, you know, it's like us getting on a player. They may not like it at the time, but they're going to respect it more later. And the same thing from their buddy. It's so hard sometimes to get these guys to actually say something to a peer and then, you know, but they're going to respect you more, you know, once they get home, like, man, he's, you know, why is he doing that to me? But, you know, keeps them in line and focused and they respect it. It, I mean, to me, that's the ultimate sign of, of somebody caring about you. It, the hard thing to do is to look somebody in the eye and say, hey, here's where, here's where you could have done better. Yeah. Here's where yeah. you can grow, right? And if somebody's doing that for somebody else, that means they really care about you. Because yeah. yeah. if they didn't, they would just 
push you off or, you know, not say anything. Yeah, absolutely. What we have to do is, and this is something that's, that's important for the younger generation as they come up is you have to shift the paradigm, right? Of what holding someone accountable looks like. It's, it's all, it's always been viewed as punishment. Um, when it's opportunity is really what it boils down to. And, you know, I think we change the paradigm as people come up and, you know, that's, that's as people begin becoming leaders, they see that paradigm shift and they understand the importance of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think every generation has something to say about the previous generation, yeah. you know, and it's, it's realizing to me where they're amazing and then bringing in the things that, you know, the areas that they can grow, but helping them understand, you know, I want you to be better at accountability or I want you to be better at whatever because I care about you. And you're amazing at this. And if we can get you to grow in this way, then you're going to be just a, an awesome human being. Yeah. Right. And I think that's probably a lot of what your mentorship program seems to be doing for those younger players is, you know, hey, let us let us put a couple more tools in your tool bag uh, to just make you even better. Right. Yeah. When when you do have, and I, I'm going to use the term obstacles, right? But like we talked about the, we talked about baseball being a lot of individual contributors. And a previous guest we had said she talked about stars and you know and people being rewarded individually, and it's hard balancing that stuff. Going back to the first thing we talked about, balancing team and individual contribution. But when you have obstacles and obstacles being players that are leaning one way versus the other, which is really toward individual contribution, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you overcome that? <clears throat> I mean, for me, it's a conversation a lot of times because um, some guys, you know, they get caught in the moment and they, you know, the emotions and the, interactions and body language or whatever it is um, you know I know me for example last year with one of our players we just kept button heads and it was just me trying to hold him accountable and then finally we had a conversation behind closed doors and I just told him you know the what I was trying to get across and you know it was great we you know he respected what I had to say I respected what he had to say you know I listened to his side of things and um, not that that was a difference in, in what happened the rest of the year, but, you know, we got on the same page. Um, and, you know, we both made changes. So it was it was a great thing. Yeah. I think, I mean, we were talking about that last episode, right, yeah. too, is, is definition. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I found in my practice that a lot of times if there's conflict, it's because you define whatever it is that, you know, the, the conflict that we're having, you define something differently than I do. Mm -hmm. And so once we both kind of are in that space where I can say, well, this is my definition of whatever it is, and you tell me your definition. Right. Then we're like, oh, well, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Right. And it's clarity, right? Clarity around expectations, how, how those expectations are measured. If you don't understand the clarity, if you if it's not defined, then then you don't know where to start, right? And I, and I would tell someone from an accountability measure that that's why accountability starts with self, because if you're and if you're the leader and you haven't been clear about expectations, measurements, and consequences, right, then that was, you failed, right? right? And then that's that's your ability. That's your opportunity to grow and change. And it's great to hear that when you had that discussion behind closed doors, that there were there were things that needed to change for both of you, right? Absolutely. Which is growth. Yeah. And that's, that's having that growth mindset. Yeah, and expectations are a two-way street. When I'm talking to leaders, you know, and I ask them about expectation management, 
it's very often that they say, well, you know, I, I told you know, this person, these are my expectations. And when I ask the question, okay, well, what did you tell them they should have expectations of you? You know, it's a two-way street. I expect this from you, but here's what you can expect from me as a leader. And it sounds like that's what you all were kind of doing uh, in that moment in the office there. Right. Yeah. So we're getting close uh, to wrapping up. Um, but what I what I ask, and I, I like to ask uh, guests that come on, is, you know, if there's one thing, and this may be something that, you know, your players have heard, right, uh, the, you know, the boys on the team or even the staff, you are the assistant head coach. Um, if there's one thing that you would want them to know or one one thing that you want to remind them of, um, cause, because repetition is huge, right? We talk about repetition, rehearsal, and brilliance of the basics. What is the one thing that you, if they don't walk away with anything and they listen to it today, what you want them to walk away with something, what is it? Um, I, I think it's just being a better person all around. Um, you know, I hope to carry myself in a way that, that shows them that and you know we're at the end we're developing you know human beings and and men you know hopefully they're going to be good husbands and good fathers and you know that's what it's all about you know unfortunately like I mentioned earlier you know the wins and losses are what what you're held to from a coaching standpoint um, but at the end of the day it's about relationships and and people I love it Ted Lasso couldn't have said it better no he couldn't <laughs> couldn't well, Coach, thank you. Uh, thank you for being here today. Great conversation. Lots of great insight. Um, really appreciate your the multiple hats that you wear as the assistant head coach. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I just really appreciate your time today, and I'm glad that we locked this on. This was – I was hugely looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, and as a non-sports fan, you know, yeah. I enjoyed it too because I'm all about yeah. team players and coaching and – doesn't matter what you're doing, right? Whether you're running the organization or running a team, you couldn't have said it better. It's all about people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it, guys. It's an honor to be here and pleasure meeting you guys. Yeah, best of luck uh, to the team, and yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, catching some games this season. So, absolutely. I yeah. know where you can get tickets. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> that was the other piece of this. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it, Coach. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for watching Building Better Teams. Visit southerncrosscrew.com for more information on how we can help you build and sustain high-performance teams one leader at a time.